So the owners are meeting, right? You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, it could be uh, this is relocation vote eve. I guess we could look at it that way. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. How you doing? I'm Wayne Coy. It's another episode of Locked On A's, your official Oakland A's podcast covering all things athletics and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Good to have you here. And today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Tell you all about Jace in just a little bit, but they're pretty cool. They can help you empower yourself with the Jace case giving you your own personal supply of five antibiotics that treat over 50 infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Well, the owners are convening, so we hear. Tomorrow, that's the rumor, in Texas, I don't know. I've yet to see anything public about these owners' meetings been watching the news today, looking for location, looking for quotes, looking for Rob Manfred uh, availability. Yeah, nothing. No renderings, no architect, architect company. Hey, but F1's coming to Vegas, so that's exciting. It's here almost. Okay, so you may have been paying attention when Oakland got together last week. City Council. Port of Oakland, mayor's office, all three, that's three, coming together to uh, to be as one, one voice. And that voice was saying pretty loudly, leave our team alone, damn it. Uh, basically, yeah, don't want the team to leave Oakland after 55 years, and I'm kind of right there with them. I think uh, the idea of moving any place is ridiculous, but be that as as it may, you know what's happened at least up to this point. Legislators in Nevada have opted to build a stadium for the A's, of course, with public funds, $380 million. And then I guess it's the A's that will build their own stadium with the public's money uh, helping the cause, I suppose. So now with the owners getting together, the the formality for them would be a relocation vote, right? And you got 30 teams. Minus, of course, John Fisher. So that would be 29 teams. Because I don't think John's allowed to vote. And uh, the question is, will you allow the A's to move to Las Vegas? That's been the question. And then the question is, after we ask that question, are any of these owners actually informed? Like, have they seen renderings? Do they know who the architects are? Have they seen a business plan? Have they looked at a pro forma? Do they know what the numbers really pencil out to? Can you build the place for 1.5 billion, I almost couldn't say it, billion dollars in Las Vegas? I mean, projections are that the costs are going to overrun. So are they prepared to pay for the overruns? They say they are, but are they? Where's the money coming from? Do you have uh, some proof of that? Can you show us your funding? These are all questions you would think the owners would be asking at the owners' meetings considering they're about to vote on relocation. Well, part of the whole process uh, in Oakland last week 
was uh, a little box that was sent to each of the owners. And we talked about that. It's the stay in Oakland box. And that was sent not to all the owners. Remember, 30, I can guarantee you John Fisher didn't get one. 29, that's how many people are voting total. But they narrowed it down to the teams that they really felt were most likely or could be likely, I guess, to vote no on relocation. Remember, it will take eight no votes for relocation to be turned down. For it to pass, anything seven and below. Voting no. Okay. So with that in mind, who are the players? I think it's a very important question because you kind of want to know, all right, well, if they're targeting certain owners uh, to help the A's and tell them that uh, they're not able to, and I'm talking help the A's fans, not the A's. Of course, we know where their head is. But in terms of helping the A's fans in Oakland get back to a place where they feel like beyond 2024, it's going to be their team, right? Uh, who are the who are the owners? Well, each of them got a really cool custom sports card, like a hologram card. Those were sent as part of the box. And they were definitely targeting the owners who they thought could be on the fence. No guarantees of that, but they might be on the fence. Now, whether they are or they aren't, it's kind of anybody's guess. And I suppose there's a little bit of a science that goes into that. Some reasons why you might say, okay, these owners are likely to go after seeing everything, which we're assuming they are. Um, no, I don't think so. And then these owners are the ones who are likely to say, well, we've seen everything and we think it's a great idea. So off to Vegas you go. All right. Those would be the two camps. And then there's the whole, nobody's seen this. Nobody's going to see it. Uh, you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. They haven't seen it, but who cares? Let's just vote. And I've heard it said that they wouldn't even call a vote if they didn't already know uh, the outcome of the owner's vote on relocation. I'm not so sure. Something tells me something else is going on because otherwise I think we'd know what hotel they're meeting in, if it's a hotel, what resort that they're at in Arlington. Um, and then I guess beyond that, I guess we would see some renderings, right? We'd see, they would at least see what this new stadium looks like. They'd have all those plans in front of them. And they've been given ample opportunity to think about it. Obviously, weighing on that would be the relocation committee's recommendation, which then I think went to Commissioner Manfred. And then from Manfred, it goes back to another group of owners, and then it ultimately gets to a vote, as I understand it. It's all kind of hush-hush here. And isn't that pretty much what you expect from MLB? Of course it is. Well, we're going to break all those down. We're going we're gonna to go through and sort of predict the results. Will the A's be able to just get through this thing unopposed, or will there be some no votes? And then will there be enough no votes to actually stop relocation? Dead in its tracks. We're going to talk about that. But first, I got to tell you about Jace Medical. You know what they do? They make sure that you've got peace of mind. If you start to get sick at home, if you're sick on the road, uh, if you can't see a doctor for whatever reason, you're tied up, you're, you're just on vacation, you have just no way to get the help that you need. Well, yes, you can. It's called the Jace case. It's antibiotics that are designed to be able to take care of you. And not only that, but they make sure that they have connected with you to be able to find out what's exactly wrong with you. And they can put together exactly the prescription that you need to get better in a hurry. 
and not just antibiotics either, a full range of medicines, including uh, ED medicines, which are available, Cialis, Viagra, and of course, the new one too, it's called Rodeshi. So you can get those as well. Jace wants you to know that they've got you covered, whatever it is that you need, a 12-month supply of your daily medication. Remember, you want to use promo code Locked on when you check out for a discount at jacemedical.com. Now, a verified customer actually had this to say about Jace. Here's the quote. I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut my pills in half just to be able to have them. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit, Jace case. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than the local pharmacies, and I highly recommend it for everyone, end quote. Now, that's an actual user. So how about you? If you or somebody that you know wants to get that peace of mind, and I know you do, a year's supply of your daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. And remember to use the promo code Locked On for $20 off your purchase. Back to the vote, back to the boardroom. It's not really a boardroom. Back to the back room. Why do I feel like this is happening in an alley? <laughs> it would be fitting, right? It's the owners getting together to talk about relocation. And let's go through the owners that have already been targeted by the city of Oakland, uh, by the city council, by the port of Oakland. They all got this box, right? This stay in Oakland box. And it was done with some forethought. These are the owners who they believe They've at least got a shot to get a no vote, 17 of them. So that means there's another 12 that they just went, no way, ain't happening, right? So let's go through those one by one. And we will start with the owner of the Arizona Diamondbacks. His name is Ken Hendrick, founder of a company called Datatel, software development company. Ken became a part owner of the Diamondbacks back in 1995, their first year in existence. Managing general partner since 2004, his net worth, $1 billion. And yes, I put my pinky right next to my, my right there, the corner of my mouth, just like Dr. Was it, what was his name? Dr. Evil, right? Was it Dr. Evil? Anyway. Net worth a billion bucks. He's certainly got plenty of money. By the way, you'll, you'll find that to be the case with most of these people. That's how they're able to own a major league baseball team, after all. Anyway. Uh, why would he be a potential no vote? Well, I'll tell you why. Because he's the owner of the Arizona Diamondbacks, who right now share the Las Vegas market with some other teams that we'll be talking about as we go along. And that means when the A's come here, they don't get the market to themselves. No, they just become another piece of the pie. So if you're an owner and you're in that television market, do you want somebody else coming in and interloping on what's yours and taking the amount of money that's already spread a little thin because you're having to share it, share it with somebody else. You want to do that? I don't think so. Arizona Diamondbacks owner, Ken Hendrick. Here's another one for you. You might know that face. That belongs to John W. Henry, owner of the Boston Red Sox. Comes from a farming family. Background is commodity brokerage. Grew up a fan of the St. Louis Cardinals, which kind of makes sense because he was born in Quincy, Illinois. Grew up, well, if you're from Quincy, I know that part of the woods pretty well. You kind of got to make a choice, right? It's either the Cubs or the Cardinals. 
well, he was a Cardinal fan, started off with a small interest in the New York Yankees, and then he became the sole owner of the Florida Marlins back in 99. He bought them from Wayne Huizenga for $158 million, and then in 2002, he sold the Marlins, multi-franchise deal to Jeffrey Loria, then owner of the Expos. If you're following the bouncing ball, they are now the Washington Nationals. Well, he's owned the Red Sox since basically 2001. Very much a student of baseball history. In fact, he used to play that tabletop baseball game called APA Baseball. I played that in Stratomatic too when I was a kid. A lot of fun. Anyway, that's something John did in his spare time growing up as a kid, and I think he might even still do that. Big proponent of Sabre metrics, especially as demonstrated by the A's with Billy Ball. In fact, if you remember, you saw it in the movie. He tried to hire Billy Bean, but Billy chose to stay in Oakland with the A's. Theo Epstein got the job instead. Resume highlights to follow include multiple world championships with the Red Sox starting in 2004. They broke the curse, the Babe Ruth curse, the curse of the Bambino. And of course, he was very famous too for saving Fenway Park. I mean, they were talking about knocking it down. The wrecking ball was on its way. But John W. Henry headed up a group of people who said, no, we like Fenway Park just the way it is. Instead of tearing down Fenway and building a new Fenway, how about we renovate this classic ballpark. And it's like almost none other. So that was a good idea, I think. His net worth, $4 billion. That's how you do it. So why would he vote no? Well, because he's a, a big market, big market owner. One of the probably 10 that just spend a ton of money. And guess what? That means they pay out revenue sharing. And do they like that? Not really. And these are big checks. And they don't like, I don't think, the idea that John Fisher is the recipient of what is, in effect, baseball welfare. And he doesn't put it back into the team. He just pockets it. As you can tell, two seasons in a row with over 100 losses and no end in sight. That would be why, possibly, John Henry, owner of the Boston Red Sox, big market team, would vote no to relocation. There's more of those, like this guy, for example, Atlanta Braves owner. Well, the owner's actually John C. Malone. But Terry McGurk is the chairman of the Atlanta Braves Holding Company, which is called Braves Holdings. He's a former CEO of TBS. You know, he succeeded Ted Turner, was there in 1996 to 2001 as the CEO, but was with the company even before that. In fact, 35 years with, uh, with TBS, Turner Broadcasting System, Terry McGurk. Interesting that the Braves are owned by Liberty Media, which means they are one of two Major League Baseball teams that are actually owned by public corporations. Like I said, John C. Malone, chairman, he was a TCI CEO from 1973 to 1996 and has got a, a net worth of over $9 billion, which is crazy. You know, I watched the uh, coverage of the Braves World Series parade after they'd won that. And uh, Terry McGurk talked an awful lot about the local community and how much it meant to the Atlanta community to win that World Series and how he was taken by the number of kids 
young kids that turned out and were obviously Braves fans and how important that was to the future of the franchise. Well, keeping in mind how long the Braves have been in Atlanta and how long the A's have been in Oakland, for him to have that opinion about the kids in Atlanta tells me that he's probably thinking the same thing about the kids in Oakland and the East Bay. There's a future franchise fan base there. And guess what? Their parents are fans. Their grandparents are fans. You get the picture. So there might be some empathy there just based on that. But again, we're back to that big market thing, which comes down to revenue sharing. And do you want to share? Probably no. You probably don't want to write those checks if you can avoid it. If you're an owner of one of those big market teams like this guy. Let's talk about him. Chicago Cubs board chairman, Tom Ricketts, who along with his siblings, Peter, Laura, and Todd, own this team, the Chicago Cubs. Bought the Cubs back in, uh, I think, I want to say it was 1998 or 99. Former, former governor of Nebraska, by the way, is Peter Ricketts. Uh, and he's now the junior senator from that state. So all the siblings have done very well. They are the children of TD Ameritrade Holding Corporation founder Joe Ricketts. All but Laura, staunch Republicans. Tom is the CEO of In Capital LLC, retail investment bank. And that family's combined net worth is $4.5 billion. That's a lot of money. A lot of money with these Major League Baseball owners. So, again, it's kind of a second verse, same as the first. Cubs no vote would come for the same reason. The big, big market team with big payroll, tired of propping up another owner who's also a billionaire, who is, I'm sure, they're concerned, as far as they're concerned, should be able to support himself and put his money back into uh, the team. I think that's the big thing. If you're going to get the revenue share, are you actually going to put it back into the product? Which I, I think ought to be a requirement, but I guess it isn't. So let's move on. Again, potential no votes. Well, we want to talk about this guy. He's the Colorado Rockies owner, one of two. Charlie and Dick Manfort, sons of Kenneth Manfort, previous owner of Monfort. I said Manfort, but it's Monfort. I got, you know, the guy that was with Trump. Anyway, uh, Monfort. Of Colorado. Now they were in the meatpacking business distribution. They sold out to ConAgra back in 1987. Dick, who you see here, he's the CEO. Charlie, his brother, is the vice chairman. Dick's net worth is about $700 million. And that's as of 2021, so it might even be higher now. Uh, the brothers are both Republicans. That's how they vote. And does that matter? I think it does. Because I think it it probably dictates sort of where they're coming from in terms of how they look at the ledger sheets, because if they are conservative by nature, oftentimes they're fiscally conservative, but socially liberal, there's that mix. I'm not sure how far right these people are, but I'll just tell you, Republican probably coming at this whole thing a little different than a Democrat. So does it matter 100%? I don't know about that. I think it matters a bit. And it's probably not surprising that uh, out of these 17 the majority are Republicans. There are 10 Republicans, five Democrats, one independent, and one foreign owner who's neither. You want to talk about somebody with some money, though. 
That man right there on your screen is Christopher Illich. He is the chairman and CEO of the Detroit Tigers, son of the late Mike Illich, who founded Little Caesars Pizza, Pizza Pizza, Detroit family. Uh, they also own the Red Wings. They've got a history of stadium building. They were the ones who said, look, we need a new ballpark. So Tiger Stadium gave way to Comerica Park. That opened up in 2000. Illich Holdings financing about 60%. If you're wanting to draw a parallel, 60% of the $350 million that needed to be paid to build Comerica Park, 60% of that paid for by the Illiches. The rest came from federal grants, a big portion, and then the taxpayers. Net worth of this company is over $4 billion. And politically, they consider themselves to be bipartisan or independent, or we've contributed to both parties, and we don't lean one way or the other. Okay. What about the Houston Astros? You know, that, that team that has won two World Series from our division? Well, let's talk about that for a second. Their owner is Jim Crane. He's from St. Louis, grew up a Cardinal fan. Notice the trend. He's been in Houston, though, since 1980. Started his company, Eagle USA Air Freight, back in 1984. Eventually became EGL Incorporated. Now, he took his profits from that um, company and then formed Crane Capital Group after he sold out Astros since 2011. His teams have won the World Series twice. Yes, we know. 2017, they cheated. You didn't think I was going to let that slide, did you? And 2022. Net worth, $1.6 billion. He's a Democrat. Although before 2002, he donated to the Republican Party. So we kind of switched allegiances. Speaking of allegiance, did you watch that football game last night? How about those Raiders, huh? Five and five. But I digress. Here's a, an owner that I, a lot of people that are in Athletics Nation are very familiar with because I guess if you had to pick a rival for the A's, it would be the Angels, right? Southern California versus NorCal. And their owner, Artie Moreno. Now, Artie's a Mexican-American. He's from Tucson. Out of college, he started working for a company called Eller Outdoor, a billboard company. He left there, went to work for Outdoor Systems in 1984, eventually became president, CEO, and then became a partner in the company. In 1996, he took that company public. Their stock soared, and in 1998, they were purchased by Infinity Broadcasting for $8 billion. In April of 2003, Moreno bought the Angels from the Walt Disney Company for $180 million, now worth $2.2 billion. He's a Republican, and his net worth is about $1.8 billion for Artie Moreno, a name, like I said, most A's fans are familiar with, especially... Recently, there's been a lot of talk about whether Artie should or would sell the team. For a minute, I think he even thought that he was going to do that. But then uh, he's pretty he's pretty connected emotionally to Shohei, of course, and Mike Trout, and that team in general. Let's keep it in L.A. and talk about this guy, Mark Walter, part owner and chairman of the Dodgers, also CEO of Guggenheim Capital. His personal net worth, this is just... Mark Walter's net worth now is $5 billion. Oh, makes him the fifth wealthiest team owner in Major League Baseball. 
That's right, fifth. He's a Democrat from Cedar Rapids originally, and you probably guessed it, his allegiances, well, I would say his family's allegiances have all been with the Dodgers for a reason. Well, he's related. So why wouldn't you, right? Mark Walter. And then there's this guy who makes more money than anybody, Steve Cohen. Team's principal owner, amassed his fortune as a hedge fund manager. He's a native New Yorker, and his net worth is, boy, I can clear my throat for this one, $19.8 billion. Woo! Steve Cohen is a Republican and taking a lot of heat because the Mets have a huge payroll, which is one of the reasons, in fact, the reason why he could potentially be a no vote for relocation for the A's because he's writing those checks and paying out a lot of payroll and not getting anything back, really. The, the Mets just seem to be text injury prone, if you will. And Steve Cohen has come under a lot of criticism for that. Anyway, he's a potential no vote, as is the guy that's right across town from him, Al Steinbrenner, son of George Steinbrenner, of course, chairman of the board, managing general partner, net worth $1.3 billion. He is a registered Democrat and has been actually on record publicly as saying he's not a big fan of revenue sharing as it relates to giving the team's money and then seeing them not put it back into the product. He's not okay with that. And of course, we've echoed that sentiment plenty of times here on Locked on A's. So that's a possible no vote, as is this man right here, who, by the way, is the only potential no vote who was actually on the relocation committee. That is John Middleton, owner of the Philadelphia Phillies. Comes from a Philly family. They manufacture pipe tobacco, cigars. They sold out to uh, Altria, who is a parent company of Philip Morris USA, for $2.9 billion. Middleton, registered Republican, personal net worth $3.7 billion. And it ought to be noted that Middleton, like I said, is one of the three owners on the MLB relocation committee. The other two are in that other category of owners where you're like, there's no chance. And we come to that conclusion because one is the owner of the Kansas City Royals trying to get a new stadium, trying to get the public to pay for it. And the other is the owner of the Milwaukee Brewers in a stadium that needs repair and they want the public to pay for it. So obviously it's in their best interest to support John Fisher and his goal, which is to get the public to pay for it. Follow? Good. Potential no vote from Philadelphia Phillies owner, John Middleton. And another from Peter Seidler, grandson of Walter O'Malley. You know, we're talking about the Dodgers a minute ago. Walter O'Malley and nephew of Peter O'Malley. Walter and Peter, of course, were longtime owners of the Brooklyn, then L.A. Dodgers. O'Malley, the one who moved them from Brooklyn to Los Angeles. And now Seidler is the founder and uh, partner of the private equity group called Seidler Equity Partners, estimated $5 billion in assets under management, purchased the Padres with his uncle, Peter, and San Diego beer distributor, Ron Fowler. In 2020, Seidler became the largest stakeholder and chairman of the Padres. His net worth is an estimated $3 billion. He's a member of the Republican Party. But you may have heard just recently that the Padres are saying, We've got to shave expenses as it relates to 
uh, players on that team. They've talked about Sosa probably not coming back because they say that they're having to watch their dollars and cents. So with that in mind, think about where Peter Seidler's coming from. He's one of those West Coast teams that, that gets the Las Vegas uh, splintered, I'll give you that, pie. It's considered Vegas is considered Padres territory as well. He doesn't want Fisher and the A's coming in and having to spread that out even further. Let's go up north to Seattle. John W. Stanton, owner of the Seattle Mariners, chairman of Trilogy Partnership, private equity fund, majority owner of the Mariners, lifelong Seattle resident and businessman. He's got a robust background in wireless communication. Net worth is $1.1 billion. He's a registered Republican. This man's pretty happy these days because his team just won the World Series. That's Ray Davis, co-owner and co-chairman. 40-plus years in the energy industry and part of the group that included Nolan Ryan that bought those Rangers back in 2010. His net worth is uh, $2.9 billion, and he's a Republican and, like I said, a very happy guy because the Rangers won it all. Okay. Let's go up north, but even in a different direction. Let's go east and then north. For the Toronto Blue Jays, the only team that is owned by a Canadian media giant. In fact, they're one of only two teams owned by a public corporation, period. The Braves are the other one. Rogers Communications, media giant in Canada, and their chairman, Edward Rogers, net worth, over $11.5 billion. That makes him one of the richest owners in Major League Baseball. Does he like revenue sharing? You can bet he doesn't. And that's why he's a potential no. We've got one left, and it's Washington Nationals owner Mark Lerner, son of Ted Lerner, founder of real estate company Lerner Enterprises, largest private landowner in the Washington metro, Mark's dad bought the Nats for Major League Baseball, as you recall. The Expos were contracted. Major League Baseball took over, uh, and then they had a bidding process, and the Nats were purchased in 2006 by the Learners for $450 million. Uh, Mark was given control in 2018 by his father, Ted, who passed away earlier this year at the ripe young age of 97. The family's net worth is over $6 billion dollars, Lerner is a registered Democrat. So which way is the uh, the cookie going to crumble? If you had to pick who's going to vote yes and who's going to vote no, what would you say? Well, I've actually gone through, out of all of the teams, the 29 that are going to be there at the owners' meetings that aren't John Fisher and the A's, I've gone ahead and split them up into who I think is going to vote yes and who I think is going to vote no. I know many of you think there's not a no vote there. I'm not in that camp. I really do think that this message, this loud message sent by Oakland and the reverse boycott and the videos and the protests and city council, et cetera, et cetera, and so on, all the national media attention, I think that there are actually owners with a heart who maybe have a vested interest in seeing this thing go the other way, but also probably are feeling what's going on in Oakland and saying, look, 
if there's an expansion team in Las Vegas, we're going to get an expansion fee, which is well beyond any relocation fee, which, oh, by the way, the commissioner says John doesn't even have to pay anyway, John Fisher. So they might be thinking, you know, in the case of those TV market West Coast teams, I'm going to keep my team in that market. Let Vegas continue to be my home TV market. We'll eventually get an expansion team there when we do. I'll be getting so much money from that that I can look the other way on this whole uh, expansion thing. But not relocation. So I'm going to give you who I predict to be the yes votes, and then you can kind of maybe figure out who's missing. I think we'll get a yes from the Baltimore Orioles, Tampa Bay Rays. A yes vote to relocation from those Toronto Blue Jays. I think you're going to get a yes from the Twins and the Tigers, the Cleveland Guardians, the Chicago White Sox, Kansas City Royals, the Atlanta Braves. You'll notice both corporate-owned teams, I say, are going to say yes. Florida Marlins, Washington Nationals, Milwaukee Brewers, Cincinnati Reds, Pittsburgh Pirates, St. Louis Cardinals, and, of course, the San Francisco Giants. I mean, after all, the A's relocate. Guess whose market the Bay Area is? 100%. Like all the way up to what? Seattle. That's a big yes. So what about those no votes? My prediction, New York Yankees, New York Mets, Boston Red Sox, Houston Astros, Texas Rangers, Seattle Mariners, LA Angels, Philadelphia Phillies, Chicago Cubs, LA Dodgers, Arizona Diamondbacks, San Diego Padres, and Colorado Rockies. You're thinking, Wayne, put down the hopium pipe, please. <laughs> no, I just feel like we're going to get surprised. There's something going on, or else we'd be, we'd be getting a buzz, I think, out of Arlington, and we're not. Renderings should drop at any moment, right? I'm, I expected them today. Last-minute A's. Or maybe this is their little strategy. Anyway, I'm predicting 13 no's. And 16 yeses, remember, eight no's is all that's needed to block relocation. So even if I'm not 100%, maybe it's not 13. Only need eight. When's the vote going to happen? Well, the meetings are Tuesday through Thursday, tomorrow through Thursday. I would expect, we have been told that they expect to have a vote during that time period. We'll see. One big story to leave you with, and that is, uh, if you recall, one week ago, Nevada District Court, there was a ruling against stadiums, uh, schools over stadiums, which is the PAC that's backed by the teachers union here in Las Vegas and in Nevada that have basically said they want to see if $380 million are going to be put to use, that it get put to use for education, where they believe it's so needed and I can understand why. Just take a look at the ranking of Nevada uh, for school districts across the nation uh, versus giving $380 million to a billionaire to build a stadium. That's their whole point. And they feel strongly enough about it that they believe that if they can get it on the ballot in November of 2024, they feel like there's a very good chance that the, the voting public of the state of Nevada will rule against giving the A's and John Fisher that money. And you may remember that Commissioner Rob Manfred said that was something that it, he, he felt would be 
an adverse situation. I think that was his quote. He didn't like it. Well, they got a bit of good news a week ago because the judge in Carson City ruled in the favor of the two plaintiffs who were at least the face of the lawsuit. We found out later that one of the lobbyists is very connected to the stadium authority. Actually, I think they both are. And the Las Vegas Review Journal. Oh, and of course, the Oakland A's too. So don't get it twisted. That's who was behind the lawsuit. And they won. And they won on a technicality, basically, uh, as it was written by Judge James T. Russell. He said that the petition was confusingly written and incomplete. Well, that big news that I referred to today, Schools Over Stadiums has announced that they are indeed appealing that decision to the Nevada Supreme Court. Now, here's the thing. That doesn't keep them from filing a new petition if they have to. So you do the appeal first. You see how that goes. If it goes in your favor, great. You're on your way to go get signatures. Hopefully you get all 106,000 of them so you can get on the ballot. They've got till July, mid-July, I think, to get that taken care of. Now, if the Supreme Court upholds the decision, well, then you're back to square one. But again, they haven't collected any signatures, and they already know what was wrong with their first petition, especially if they get another ruling out of the Supreme Court, and it echoes the first one. So what do they do then? They refile. And they can kind of keep doing that until they eventually get their petition approved. And once it is, then they can move forward, get the signatures, and get on the ballot. Something that's got baseball worried, certainly would have the Oakland A's worried, probably has a lot of legislators in the state of Nevada worried because they're already out there. They've already laid their cards on the table. Yeah, go ahead and have that money. The voters may say, hold on there, bud. I got a different point of view. Of course, we'll have to wait and see. But they are appealing, and that's been made official as of today. So that's it. Up to the moment, we're going to sit here and figure it out, I guess, all together in the coming days. Will they or won't they get approved for relocation? We're going to find out when we get together next time. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. We do appreciate that. Available wherever you get your podcast, of course, and on YouTube. If you could please subscribe to the podcast, that'd be great. Give us the uh, thumbs up if you can. The like down below, that helps us grow the channel, which is very important. And we're totally thankful. Happy that you're on board and trying to help. My name's Wayne Coy. I'll get back together with you again next time. And until then, well, of course, I want you to do the only thing there is to do. Keep on swinging.